0: Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is Stuart Lawler. It's back to school time. It's episode number 40 for September 2015. hey, it may be back to school time, but the NCBI Technology Podcast is here for one hour and 16 minutes. September's been busy. Uh, thank you, as always, for subscribing to and downloading our monthly technology podcast. This month, we'll be starting by telling you a little bit about the DigiPlace for All seminar on September the 18th. Niall Gallagher joins us to talk about an article that he's written for his blog all about iOS and Microsoft Office. Paul Trainer is along to talk about Windows 10 before Sharon Lyons talks about Microsoft Outlook and email shortcuts finally dominique farrell's along to tell us about her use of technology before a little tip from yours truly about labeling photos that's all coming up on this month's edition of ncbi's technology podcast starting us off this month. As always, we love to get your emails, your contributions, your feedback to our technology podcast. And of course, you can do that by sending an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. A number of people have been talking to me on the phone as well over the last month, just calling into NCBI, saying how much they're enjoying the podcast. One of those is Garth Long, uh, who's living in Cork, and he just said he enjoys the podcast and is looking forward very much to hearing what we're going to talk about in relation to Windows 10. As you as you've heard a moment ago, Paul Trainer is on the way to talk about that later on on this episode. I had a lovely email from a very nice friend of the podcast. Noreen Maher has been in touch with us before, and she says, Hi, Stuart. Well done once again. I can't believe another month has flown by so quickly. Needless to say, another great podcast. Sharon is great and uh, look forward to a final review of all when finished. Colin and John O'Regan, very interesting interviews. I don't think I have missed listening to any podcast, but when you refer to the show notes, I am lost as to how to access same. Best wishes from Noreen M. Well, Noreen, thank you so much, first of all, for bringing to my attention, because I, I, I don't think I ever explained what show notes were. I just kind of it's assumed and it's a terrible thing to do to assume that people know what you're talking about. So thank you very much for bringing that to my attention. Show notes essentially are links on the podcast page for each episode that will bring you to areas that we talk about on each edition. So for example, we're going to talk to Niall Gallagher in a second about his uh, blog and about um, specifically about an article he's written in his blog about uh, Microsoft on iOS. And there is a link on the show notes of this episode to that blog. What you would do to find that is you would go to www.ncbi.ie forward slash technology podcast. And the easiest way to do it is to use your screen reader's heading navigation keys to find the heading or the title of this month's podcast, which of course is episode 40 for September 2015. And then if you tab, you will hear the link titles. In this case, for example, for Niles blog, and you could press enter to access it. There's lots of useful links and resources on our technology podcast page. So maybe, Noreen, if you want to go and have a check of them, and if you're still having problems, by all means, come back to me. Now, um, if you're doing nothing on the 18th of September, and if you're interested in um, areas relating to education, access, and employment, and a, a digital strategy to challenge all these issues, then you should come along to the Digiplace for All Community Building Event. As we say, it's on Friday the 18th of September from 1:30 to 4:30 p.m. The location is the Marker Hotel in uh, Grand Canal Square, Docklands, Dublin 2. Guest speakers will be Marion Harkin, MEP, and John Dolan, who's the CEO of the Disability Federation of Ireland. Now, this is the final event for the DigiPlace for All, or DICE project. We've spoken about this many times on this podcast, so it would be great if people would like to go to that. Registration is free, but you do need to pre-register to attend the event. If you'd like to get the registration link and more information, why not contact Dr. Esther Murphy at NCBI? You can email esther.murphy, that's E S T H E R dot M U R P H Y at NCBI And of course, again, speaking of email, that all important email if you'd like to get in touch with us, podcast at NCBI.ie. Well, as we've said, it's September. September always means back to school time uh, or back to college or starting something new, usually in the realm of education. And if you're doing that, you really need to have a strategy for taking notes and making sure that everything is organised. And uh, someone who, who knows a fair amount about this and a lot more than I do, because it's been quite a while since I've been in college, is a friend of the podcast. We're delighted to have him back, Niall Gallagher. Niall, welcome back.
1: Hi Stuart, it's a pleasure to be speaking with
0: you again. Yeah, good to have you. I think, uh, yeah, it was February we spoke to you last and yep. uh, got, got a sort of good sense of, of who you were and what you were at and anyone who hasn't heard that, check out the February edition. Um, you, you, your blog's been kind of going strong from, from from the last time we spoke, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I started there in March or April, I think. And I just really thought that there needed to be some information about assistive technology and third level education because there didn't seem to be much I knew myself that you had the visiting teacher in primary and secondary but once you got third level you were kind of in my experience you were learning as you went along and I kind of thought that if I shared any information at all and anyone benefited from it it it'd be worthwhile
0: okay and we're going to put a, a link to that blog on the show notes for this month's episode because it's 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 interesting you know when you talk about third level there you you still hear because and you know thankfully now we hear a lot of the success stories and thankfully there's a lot more success but you still hear the scary stuff that just when something didn't go right don't you
1: yeah it can be it's very overwhelming when you start any course even if you've no vision impairment or anything. But um, having the vision difficulties, it means you have to use a lot more technology and equipment. And if that doesn't work, it just makes the experience more overwhelming. And if things don't work out, then you, you nearly blame yourself more than the technology. But once you have the information, it's, it seems to be better. Okay, well, the post on your blog that prompted
0: this interview, that prompted me to get in touch with you again, Mm -hmm. was something you wrote about, and this might seem strange to some people, by the way, but I've been using it for the while, Microsoft on iOS, which I have to say is really good. And I was only talking to someone about this earlier today when we were talking about note-taking strategies. Um, Microsoft on iOS, specifically Word, Excel and PowerPoint, and my knowledge or experience is mostly with Word, it's surprisingly accessible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I couldn't actually believe it when I opened all three applications. I was surprised each time to find that they were actually accessible and that they could be used with VoiceOver.
0: So I suppose Word is Word is kind of one that everyone is going to have to use. And when you're in college or you're in school or whatever, you're you're going to use Word for all sorts of things. How? realistic is it to use Word in a scenario where you might be in a lecture Nile, taking notes and then being able to sort of get that file onto maybe a laptop or a tablet where you can I suppose tweak it and and change it and, and make more so I suppose um, deeper formatting changes how, how realistic is that?
1: Uh, well I think it would be very realistic because I when I was in college I was able to take notes with other word processing applications, and although the email and things created difficulty then, because of was email and different file types and all that type of thing. So then, with Microsoft Word, now it's really easy to create a file, and you can either email it from the app, or what I'm a big fan of is the cloud storage options. You can save the OneDrive. And I found out as well you can also add Dropbox to the app, and that is it's really commonplace. Dropbox anyway, everyone uses it.
0: So OneDrive is is Microsoft's cloud storage. We're, we're using it yeah. internally here within NCBI for for all oh, okay. our, our internal documents, and it's very very good. Mm. In a in a in a scenario where you're in college, Niall or school, yeah. You, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can save your document on your phone uh, to OneDrive and then turn on your tablet or your home PC or whatever. And assuming you're connected to the same account, it's just there.
1: Yep, that's it. And even if you're, I know it can be difficult sometimes, so if you're not connected to Wi-Fi or you don't have 3G service or things like that, you can actually save the document to your device like you mentioned. And then it can be moved into OneDrive. And then it's present when you go home, let's say, when you're on your home Wi-Fi or a student accommodation okay. or whatever it might be.
0: So this goes for the three applications that we're going to touch on in just a second.
1: Yep, okay. Yeah, perfectly.
0: All right. So we, we as we said a moment ago, Word is one that probably everyone's going to use. Talk to us about what what will work within Word on the iPhone and the iPad and maybe what won't work.
1: Everything that's standard will work on Word, but things like, and they might cause visual problems anyway, but things like smart art and Word art and charts and, well, tables as well, on the iPhone only, tables don't work, but they're the main kind of four areas that really aren't accessible. They aren't optimized yet for voiceover. Microsoft do say that they're working on them.
0: But if you were, for example, on a train or on a bus, writing up an assignment, typing away on your phone, save it to your OneDrive, that is very doable.
1: Oh, definitely. Oh, 100%. As soon as you have a little bit of signal at all. It's on one drive straight away
0: okay i I'm a big um at the moment i i and, and i suppose when I do lots of documents for presentation, you're putting things like bullets and maybe headings and stuff is that is that doable on the phone
1: yeah, the bullets are fine if your your famous ribbon along the top that everyone knows, but they use microsoft office, and you can select the appropriate ribbon. I think it's insert from memory, or it might be home, actually. And the, all the buttons are there.
0: All right. So we know that Microsoft Word is definitely accessible. Um, how is Excel? Because Excel is visual, and at the best of times, I think, on a, on even on a Windows system, uh, certainly people, newcomers, struggle with excel and and some of us who are not who are a little enumerate and i'm I'm thinking of myself sometimes find excel we almost get a mental block about excel what's it like on this ios ecosystem
1: i previously used excel in college when i had to accounting modules and things like that so i had the benefit of having previous experience with excel but coming over to the ios system it's as accessible as Excel can be I suppose, and what I mean by that is, Excel is uh, all columns and rows, so it's like a giant table, and it goes on forever, it's infinite and um, everything is labelled and everything is doable even formulas if you, or calculations are doable as well, but it's it, that part of that could be more accessible. But it is doable if you have any experience with Excel.
0: Okay, so, so certainly, again, maybe starting a spreadsheet or what often happens, and I'm often getting uh, documents, I might be on a train and someone sends me an email attachment, and mm. I've done this, by the way, recently, open it in Word on the phone, um, make some changes, and I'm able to email it back to the person who sent it to me and say, mm. here's my changes.
1: Yeah, that's actually how I found out about Excel as well. I was, I'm moving to Galway at the minute and I had to get an apartment there and the Latin agent sent me, a, well, they told me it was a form, but when I got it an email, I realized it was an Excel spreadsheet and I had no app on my phone at the time to edit that spreadsheet. So the panic was on cause because it was time-sensitive, so I had to um, download Excel. And then I was able to do the editing relatively easy because the screen is smaller on the iPhone. It is more you have to swipe left and swipe right to get to the different cells or the different areas of the spreadsheet. But it is definitely doable.
0: Okay. Okay. The the last app I suppose I, I want to mention is one that I believe and and you know there used to be the old adage of oh a very visual app people never use PowerPoint I think everybody in the course of your professional life at some point and even not your professional life you're going to use PowerPoint um, for all sorts of reasons mm-hmm. so PowerPoint is a presentation package um, that allows you I suppose to create presentations that you will be delivering. And indeed, many um, colleges now are giving handouts as PowerPoint slideshows. Yeah. So how good is it, now?
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's really good. I'm not a huge fan of PowerPoint anyway because of the visual nature of it. And if the creator of the presentation decides to put in... Uh, little circles and squares all different shapes to make it look nice it tends to not be so user friendly for me with voiceover or JAWS or whatever it might be but I played around with it and you can add in all different slides and you can it labels the title and then you can know where the other boxes are but it just says, on the iPhone and the iPad and everything, it says text box. And I think it could be a little more descriptive in that sense. It could say text box or left text box and right text box when you have two of them on the one sheet or on the one side because it can be a bit, again, if you don't have experience with uh, PowerPoint, it can be a bit confusing from that angle. One of the things I
0: thought as I read your blog, and I haven't done this yet because I haven't looked at PowerPoint at all on iOS, mm-hmm. was that what I'm going to do is I'm going to use, because I create, I create presentations a fair bit uh, for my job, and I'm going to mm-hmm. use one that I've created and bring it into the iPhone and just play with it. so that, yeah. Because then on the ones I've created, I know where stuff is. Yeah. So then I'll yeah. get a sense of the app in, in terms of what I can do and what I can't do
1: yeah that's a really good idea actually. And although I might be that enthusiastic about wordpress or about PowerPoint personally, I do think it is it really is the gold standard of presentation software and colleges and universities and workplaces. If they ask you to do a presentation, it's almost an unwritten rule that you have a PowerPoint presentation behind you. Absolutely. while you're talking so it really is although i wouldn't love the application it really is necessary that you're comfortable with using it
0: yeah it's one of those things i think that you 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 will uh, come into contact with during your college life and indeed i've Definitely. heard a lot of people doing it in schools now as well in in secondary schools um so the great thing about all the apps you've just told us about is they're free everything's free yeah. from the app store so yeah, people can go yeah. and try them out right now Niall, thank you for giving us I think and for giving some of our listeners some tools that I think are going to be invaluable as we start into a new academic year and uh, all the best with the move to Galway and that next chapter sure. of your life I, ho- I hope we're going to check in with you again very soon but for the moment, yep. uh, thanks a million for sharing that knowledge with us Go. Cool. thanks Joe. It's probably the question that uh, we've been asked most over the last month. It's the thing that lots of people have been talking about. And it's uh, something that people have pretty strong views on one way or the other, as in whether you should uh, do it or not. I'm talking, of course, about Windows 10 and taking that Windows 10 plunge. And as promised in July, we've got our tech support, chief tech support officer, Paul Trainer to come back onto the podcast and talk to us about Windows 10 on his phone. He spends most of the time on his phone and we've even gone to do a bit more. Paul, welcome back.
2: Hi, Stuart. Good to be back.
0: Good to have you. Um, before we s- sort of talk about the ins and outs of Windows 10, just for people who might know, what is Windows 10?
2: Well, it's the very latest operating system from Microsoft. Some people would say it's a return from Microsoft to what they did best uh, in that um People were referring to the disaster that Windows eight and eight point one seemed to have been for them, whereas Windows seven was a and Windows XP was a much more uh, respected uh, were much more respected products and this Windows Ten is an attempt I think by Microsoft. To return to some of those uh, values again that they had with Windows Seven and XP.
0: That's kind of borne out by the fact, isn't it, that they're that they're giving it away free to anyone on Windows Seven or Eight.
2: Yeah, I think Microsoft is is trying their best to actually bury Windows Eight as, as deep as they possibly can, and in any way possibly, even if they have to take a a loss or whatever. But they they just want to. They don't want to hear about Windows 8 or 8.1 anymore.
0: Okay, so they want people to get off as quick as possible. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Um, It's a, it's a, the, the, the actual upgrade process, and we might talk about that in a sec, is, is not as painless, as, is not as painful rather as I thought it was going to be. But maybe before we talk about that, from an accessibility perspective, what, what's maybe interesting about Windows 10 for people who are blind and low vision?
2: well it's it's gone back um i suppose it's gone back to the the reasonably uh, traditional windows 7 menu has been restored to it um it's a kind of a hybrid between windows a windows 7 start menu and a windows 8 start uh, menu now if you really don't want the windows 8 at all start uh tiles you can actually uh remove them you know um they're easy to get rid of so it would just leave you with the normal um, start menu and you've got all the usual stuff on that including the uh, Shutdown features and uh, things like that.
0: So, so maybe for 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 a new user coming to Windows 10 as a start, it would be probably a nice start, then, wouldn't it? Be better than maybe yeah. Windows 8.1. Yeah, it's
2: it's 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 very. Um, it, it, I, I must say, now I've been using it since pretty much a day or two after it came out, and I, I liked it very much. Um, and um, I find that it's it's it's. Uh, you know, after a few days you're working with it, I found it pretty easy to work with. Um, of course, we're told that the only thing we can, uh, at the moment is that the new Windows browser or the new Internet browser in its Edge is something that we're uh, warned to stay away from for the moment because accessibility products don't really work that well with it, or it's its, it's rendering engine. So, luckily enough. Um, Internet Explorer 11 is still there for, I think it was left there for businesses who needed the uh, the, the old rendering engine still for their web sites and things like okay. that.
0: Okay. One of the things I noticed, Paul, and I've been using it for about a month now on my tablet, um, is, you know, little things like when you press Alt and Tab, the desktop isn't in your your, your list of windows anymore. So it's a bit like what it was in XP.
2: That's right. It's 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 you just move through the apps that, that are currently available to you, and and uh, it's clean that way. I find anyway.
0: One of the other things people have been talking about is this idea of virtual desktop. So if you have a lot of apps open, and you're trying to alt and tab between them all, you can almost create almost separate separate computers, for want of a better word, um, which yeah. might be useful.
2: It might be useful, but I, you know, I mean, I think. Uh, it's really only the most hardcore computer user. She would probably go down yeah, that road yeah. and start working with, with virtual desktops and things like that. Well, it's a bit it's like an interesting thing, but mm,
0: it's, it's a bit like saying how many how many windows do you have open? Can you have open at any one time? I suppose. Well, well how many do, really I mean, do you really want to? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so let's talk a bit about the the upgrading and who should and shouldn't upgrade. And I'm conscious when we spoke to Colin Kenny in August, he was kind of saying, "Please hold off for a little while." What are you hearing about and what kind of queries are you getting in maybe about the upgrade process?
2: Well, so far I haven't really got in. I have to say it looks as if people are holding off for the most part because I really haven't got um, a lot of queries about Windows 10 uh, at the moment. So I can't really say who has taken the plunge or not and what their problems are. But from my own Point of view. uh, I did the update. I I already had Windows 8.1 on my computer, and uh, I—you might have known. People might have noticed from months now that there has been um, a little icon in their taskbar telling them to register for Windows 10. And I did that a few months back, and then that meant that when it was uh, made available online on the 29th of July that a day or so after my computer started to uh, suddenly change uh, and um, just pretty much unexpectedly I found that my 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 uh, computer was starting to update and I was presented with various screens which were accessible to JAWS at the time and I was able to follow through the different screens uh, the different questions and things that I was asked. So it wasn't a particularly big problem. It was only when the computer uh, came to the final stages uh, and rebooted and had started back up that I found I needed the Narrator uh, software, which comes in Windows, which has been in Windows for a long time now. But I I found that I was able to finish off the uh, installation of Windows 10 using Narrator So it wasn't a big deal. And when I got back on the desktop, my existing JAWS 16 started talking again. Now, Freedom Scientific say that as long as you've got the most current version of JAWS 16 on your Windows 8.1, that you don't need to do anything. It'll just come back on. And once the upgrade has finished, that JAWS will come back on talking and you just take it from there. But I actually found that JAWS was sluggish and that it wasn't reading menus so good. So I just did a repair of JAWS.
0: And it was okay after that?
2: It seemed to have sorted it out, yeah. yes.
0: My, my upgrade experience pretty much mirrors yours. I loved the idea of being able to have the, the spoken instructions all the way. As you say, you can pick your options. Yeah. Uh, same thing as you, the machine rebooted and I had to use an erasure, but I was expecting that. Now, I've been told because I suppose some of, some people may be listening and wondering. So, you know, maybe they have JAWS 14 or they're an older version of NVDA or they're operating on an older version of Zoom Text. Can they upgrade it? Uh, rather, can they upgrade? And I'm told that not only can they not upgrade, they won't be able to. The, 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 um, the upgrade software simply won't do it if it detects assistive technology. That's that, that, you know, assistive technology that, that isn't compatible. That's
2: right. It's, it's, it, it, it will work. They're going to have to, I mean, Freedom Scientific have kind of pretty much uh, said this on the website, like that, you know, um, for them, you're going to sp- specifically have to have a, a JAWS ready or a, a ZoomText ready or a NVDA ready Windows 10 um, uh, software package before it will work on that operating system. So um, I see uh, actually this week, well, up to this week, I was using NVDA 2015.2, and I was getting a lot of notification error messages that the software wasn't compatible. So this week, actually, um, the uh, a new NVDA 2015.3 came out, which I have to say has uh, really worked well with Windows 10. It's, it's speedier. It's... Very responsive and uh, that works nice and cleanly with it, but um, yeah, I mean anybody anybody upgrades it's just going to have to be a uh, new this it's going to have to be new software okay. all the way
0: so, so I suppose the the uh, the word is if for example you 're using jaws an older version of jaws, and you want to stick with jaws you 're going to have to go and buy the upgrade if you if you're if you're happy to go with nvda and and all um, all the all the kind of word would be that NVDA uh, tw- 2015.3 as you've just said it's very good with Windows 10 you should definitely try that out and yeah. my understanding is that Dolphin have also announced they are now Windows 10 ready so again if you're using any Dolphin products uh, have a look. I suppose the key thing Paul for people to do is to check with their screen reader or screen magnification manufacturer or indeed That's give right. NCBI a call
2: NCBI or look on the manufacturer's website and also there you'll find details of what you need to do in order to make your transition over to Windows 10 as clean as possible, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, Microsoft themselves have been also saying that uh, there are a few things Microsoft say that when you actually get into Windows 10 and get up and running with it, that one, of course, is what we spoke about earlier, you should stay away for the, mo- for, for the moment from um the Edge browser. You should also use a third-party email program such as Microsoft Outlook or Thunderbird because the email program in Windows 10 is not, is, 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 it just doesn't work for us. And also if you, um, the, uh, the, the the PDF the PDF reader in Windows 10 is again not accessible. Now, I read an email somewhere a few weeks back about why Microsoft always kind of keeps producing operating systems which lack that, that you know, accessible accessibility in, in some of their programs. And I thought it was a very valid one. I think it was from uh, our own guy here in Ireland, Darrell Haley. He, he made a good point uh, about accessibility. But... Um, uh, the the, the Microsoft argument is that they have multiple different companies within a massive organization, and every company within that organization is fighting for a piece of Windows 10. They want to get their uh, 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 their products put into Windows 10. So Microsoft will say, well, there's only so much accessibility we can include in this version, and there's only so much of something else we can include in it, and so on. So... It's gonna, it looks like, to me, it's going to take forever for full accessibility to ever really be in Windows, you know? Yeah,
0: it's interesting. And Dara's website, by the way, that you mentioned, there's some really good stuff on there, too, about yeah. Windows 10. So we will link to that in the show notes. I mean, I, I, I sometimes think, Paul, Microsoft, you feel they're getting there. Something goes really well. Yeah. And then it just kind of, you know, it, it drops a bit. So maybe eventually, but as you said, it might take a long time, which is why we have all these third-party screen readers.
2: Yeah, I, I just think it's too big. It's, it's, it's so big and it's so massive that everybody is, 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 is... It's like as if Microsoft is in competition with itself to try and get its own aims and objectives put forward. and okay. Um, you know we're always going to be waiting a little bit of this and a little bit of that a little bit of something else is added in and that's the way it's going to be
0: Paul there's a school of thought that might say something along the lines of and this is not even to do with accessibility just in general to sort of say oh well wait till the first major up- update of Windows 10 let it go for a few months and see how it goes do you, do you do you would you buy into that or how do you feel about that
2: well I must say I must say I've used JAWS with it now so far the current version the very current version of JAWS which is like uh, claims to be Windows 10 ready and also I'm using the current the very latest NVDA and I must say I find I don't find any particular um, difficulty with anything it's just some some things are a little bit Different in where they're laid out, the way it's laid out. I mean, you might go looking for something that was once in one place, but now it's somewhere else, and maybe it's not as intuitive as it used to be. You may have to go looking for things. For instance, there's a new settings, a new settings app in in Windows 10, and this is kind of to work alongside of Control Panel that we were used to the traditional Control Panel, but. You know, you can find a lot of things in the settings app without ever having, having to go into control panel, but if you really want to dig deep into Windows, you've still got to go back to the control panel. So um, the control panel can be found in a little um, utilities menu, which can be accessed with the um, the Windows key and letter X. And in there is all the... Uh, uh, Good, good utilities, such as the command prompts and the control panel and the add-remove programs and all that kind of stuff. Okay.
0: One, one of the other things that I believe they've put, I haven't done this yet, in command prompt, they have the ability now to copy and paste from the clipboard, which sounds well, really yeah, good. Yeah,
2: I've, 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 I've seen that too, but I haven't actually tried to do it. But I believe it is uh, uh, an option there now too, that that can be done. Um, But I just wonder how many people use the command prompt unless they're really in a a work environment or something where they need to anymore, you know?
0: Diehard DOS people like you and me, probably.
2: (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay
0: so I, I suppose we're we're not because it's and it's very difficult and, and by the way if anybody was listening to this is listening to this podcast hoping we're going to tell you yes or no to upgrade i don't think we're going to do that because we can't oh. we, we can't possibly un- understand everybody's system but i think paul the, to summarize what you've said if you want to upgrade do your research yep. beforehand
2: yeah and could i just say a little bit about the specs some people might wonder what what sort of computer do you need to upgrade to to, to, to install Windows 10 on? The there is no real um, at the moment. Microsoft haven't issued any um, particular specs, but judging by the uh, the Windows previews that have been out for the last year or so, uh, the recommendations there was that um, the processor should be at least uh, one gigahertz. Uh, the RAM for a 32-bit Computer, the RAM should be at least one uh, gigabit byte and uh, two gigabytes for a 64bit. Um, at least 16 to 20 gigs of hard drive space to install. And so on, but generally the, the if you've if if you, if you, if you purchase a computer that came with Windows eight or eight point one then the uh the train of thought is that that will be sufficient to run Windows ten also many Windows seven computers will also be able to run windows ten now there there is a difference. some people have upgraded their computers from Windows Vista to Windows seven and may think that Windows Ten will run on as well. It possibly may, but don't expect a lightning-fast machine. Um, you know, so just be careful about what you expect from your computer. Yeah,
0: and it does depend. Um, it does depend on the spec. I noticed uh, certainly the the, the boot-up time on my Surface Pro is a lot quicker. Uh, yeah. On Windows 10 than it was not even on Windows 8.1, so I was kind of impressed yeah. with that. You know,
2: yeah, it's it's, it's it is it's it has got it's it's very noticeable actually. Some of the some of the uh, effects of Windows 10 when you put it on your computer are actually quite noticeable. But then I've had one or one other person who's contacted me and said that they just feel the whole thing has slowed down a lot. Um, but you know, again. You would have to look at the whole issue of hardware and and processor power and all that kind of thing to really determine what's at fault.
0: Um, Finally, just before we let you go, other than accessibility issues, and we've talked about uh, assistive technology, you've heard nothing about, let's say, versions of Office or or other programs that might be more commonly used in the mainstream having any issues with Windows 10, if they're installed already?
2: You know, I used to have a problem with 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 jaws when I'd be using Microsoft Word, particularly reading long documents. And this would happen to me on a daily basis, whereby I'd be arrowing down through a long document, and suddenly jaws would just. Die on me, and it'd go off for about 30 or 40 seconds, and then it'd re-relaunch itself. But so far with Windows 10, I haven't had this issue with Jaws, and uh, I must say that for me that was a plus because it used to be so annoying. You're in the middle of way down in the middle of a document, and suddenly everything just seems to crash, including the screen reader. And it was uh, none of this has happened. But I have to say um i've been, i'm i'm fairly pleased with what's what way the the, the screen readers are, are, are working at the moment anyway okay For in me. the in,
0: in the hope we don't jinx you i'm going to uh I'm going to touch wood here, touch my desk to make sure that, that, that your Microsoft Word continues. Uh, Paul, thanks for taking the time to come on. It's just great to get your perspective on Windows 10. I, I hope after listening to this, people are a little happier. Um, and thanks sincerely for taking the time and to come on and talk to us about it. Sure it okay? was a
2: pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Time for another round of shortcuts. And uh, this time, we always love people to email us technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. But maybe you're not so sure how to email us, or maybe you do email us, but you might like some help with your email. We'll be talking all about email in a minute. First of all, of course, welcome back, Sharon. Hi, Stuart. You, Hi, everyone. Uh September. But had you a nice break? You were off for a couple of weeks.
3: Yes, I did. Yes. Now back into back into the shortcuts
0: mode. <laughs> shortcuts. <laughs> very good. Um, you have been, we got some nice feedback, first of all, to mm-hmm. last month's shortcuts. Noreen Maher oh. from Cork sent us an email, uh, enjoys the shortcuts. And Salim Rahman uh, yeah. sent us an email email a uh, friend of the podcast I see. he enjoys the shortcuts and Derry Lawler uh, enjoys oh, yeah. the shortcuts so thanks to everybody who's been getting in touch technology at ncbi.ie we love to hear from people um, you've been meeting a couple of listeners to the podcast lately
3: I have yes yes I took an opportunity to go and catch up with um, the clandorkin computer clubs last week and I was plugging the uh, the podcast there and telling them about the shortcuts and they all love shortcuts there um, I used to run those clubs a good while ago now but now um, the local IT trainer Trevor Lyons Uh, runs them and it was lovely to catch up with everybody so a big hi to the Clondorkan computer
0: clubs big shout out to Clondorkan brilliant (laughs) okay so I suppose email is something that we you know we almost I know within work here I have my email client open all day and and things come in and indeed uh, just a little little story I did a time management course a long time ago and what they told us in time management is that you should check your email three times a day once in the morning once at lunchtime and once when you go home is that all and uh, of course, when you're sitting in a course, that's interesting, but it doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no, not, <really. laughs> not in the real world.
3: <laughs> Especially when you get little notifications coming up, you've got a new email.
0: Yeah, and I think everything now is so, so instant, yeah, and yeah. we are expected, I suppose, to respond to, to things so quickly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I suppose for, for people who just might want to explore email a little bit, you're going to talk to us a bit about how to use some functions of email today. So
3: yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of basic sending and receiving messages um, a few bits and bobs within that um, a few bits that maybe people don't know about okay. but, uh, yeah.
0: and, and maybe just before we start talking about email itself we're using a, a, a client here so yes. there this is a, um, an email program as opposed to some people use for example Gmail or mm-hmm. hotmail mm-hmm. by by uh, logging into a web browser onto a website and using the the what, what would be we called web-based version of the programs yes. yeah um, I mean, it's probably important to say that yes, a lot of this stuff is accessible to screen reading, but certainly for beginners, I personally always say to people that a client is a, gives you a nicer interface.
3: It's much more logical, yes, and of course you can use all the shortcuts with uh, with a client, so um, that helps.
0: All right, so today we're using Microsoft Outlook. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are probably familiar. We're using Outlook 2010 Mm -hmm. here. Uh, If you have 2013, the good news is there's not a whole lot of difference. It's not like Word where there's a whole load of differences in 2013. Outlook 2013 is is pretty pretty okay uh, because I use it on my tablet. A lot of the uh, keystrokes we talk about today can work on Outlook 2013.
3: Yeah, but actually, um, traditionally, Outlook is one of the ones that hasn't changed too much. Over over the different releases, thank God. Yeah, exactly. Microsoft leave our Outlook. Leave room.
4: Outlook alone. Okay, <laughs> perfect.
0: So we're going to have a look at Outlook.
3: Right. Okay. So I'm going to go to the desktop. So Windows D because guess what? I've got a shortcut on the desktop.
5: Windows D desktop folder view list view Outlook 2010 18, oh, wow. 25. And of course, <laughs> the use the arrow keys to edit the selected item, press F2.
3: Yes. Okay. Um, it's already on Outlook, but because I was um, I was checking it earlier, but I mean if I arrowed about, or
5: test.html, and I
3: press O for Outlook, because I know that the shortcut begins with O. Oh.
5: Outlook 2010.
3: So I can press O and it'll go straight to it, and I'm on the shortcut, so I press Enter, and Outlook will open.
5: Enter. Opening dash Microsoft Outlook. Inbox dash trading to it by dash Microsoft Outlook. List box to move to an item. Press the arrow keys.
3: Okay. So, um, um, email client traditionally opens in the inbox so you have several folders uh, that you use with email inbox, um, sent items deleted items are probably the main ones Um, so the inbox is where all your new incoming emails are stored sent items is obviously the ones that you've uh, you've sent already and deleted items the ones that you've deleted so um, I'm usually at the at the top of my inbox, now it depends, the way the inbox is sorted kind of depends on people's preferences. So I think by default, the newest emails come in at the top. Is that right? Is that's, your one
0: set up like that? I was, just, I was smiling <laughs> smiling as you say that, Sharon, because you're absolutely correct. By default, the newest emails come in at the top. I'm a bit odd, so on mine, the newest emails come in at the bottom.
3: Right, okay. And
0: I'm not sure why that is, but I've always liked it for years, and yeah, creature yeah. of habit and all that. Yeah, you
3: know? well, this is it. Once you're used to something, then if you change, then suddenly you won't know where you are. Yeah. So, um, But there's a handy shortcut, whether your new emails are at the top or the bottom because you can press home to go to the top of the list of emails and you can press end to go to the bottom. So whatever you're used to, like whatever floats your boat with, it, <laughs> with your email sorting. So um, now, if I I should be at the top, so if I press the home key.
5: Home, oh, unread, attachment, Sharon Lyons, new ideas, web 19 slash 08 slash 2015 42 KB.
3: Okay, so I got loads of information there. So um, First thing it said I think was unread, so that means that I haven't read it yet. Uh, there was attachment, I think then who it's from, the subject, when it was received and the size. Now you can actually, there are ways of removing some of that information, you don't have to have all that information. But um, that's the I think that's the default as well, that's the default amount of information. Um, fields that are displayed
0: and i think visually uh, am i correct in saying for the attachment you have a a paper clip icon people often talk about the paper clip icon the paper clip clip is that there's a file attached to your email
3: yes that's right that's right it's a bit like handing
0: somebody a package and they send the file with it
3: and yes exactly like an enclosure enclosed in a letter um, now, if I arrow down...
0: Unread, Sharon Lyons,
5: popular holiday destinations, WED19-08-2015-1442, 9 KB.
3: So that's another new, and you can kind of get used to the kind of information coming through now. And if I arrow down...
5: Attachment, Microsoft Outlook, a deliverable colon attached, 204-06-2015-1906, 35 KB.
3: Okay, so that's a red message. Of course, then to actually read them,
5: Lyons, popular holiday destination.
3: You just press enter on the email that you want to read.
5: Enter from colon subject colon message has five links.
3: Okay, and then you arrow. Um, well, I guess you can do insert down arrow if you're a JAWS user to read through the whole thing, um, or you can just arrow Ellen. down. Link.
5: In recent years, due to improved air transport, many oceanic islands in the Pacific and Atlantic have become popular holiday destinations. There you go. Blank. Yours sincerely, Blank, Jim. Okay. Left bracket NCBI footer image, right bracket less.
3: Okay. So that was the end of the message. But uh, it then starts talking about NCBI footer images and Facebook and Twitter. And that's the automatic uh, footer that is given to every NCBI email. So once you get to the NCBI footer image and the NCBI links, uh, that's the email's finished, so you just ignore that bit.
0: And many people, I suppose, you'll receive emails from people and they may have a signature at the bottom and that gives Mm. their name and maybe their phone number, their address. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, some people may see that, it may come just before that NCBI Yes. Uh, branded stuff which is yeah. at the bottom of anything that, that comes out from, our, from, from NCBI
3: yeah that's automatic so, yeah. Um,
0: okay so what about you know, maybe we want to send an email or maybe we want to reply to an email
3: well maybe we'll, we'll reply okay. to this one um, and that's just either on the message where it's open or even if you're um, on the message in your inbox so you don't actually have to have the message open to reply to it and in either case, it's Control r for reply. Edit. And it just says edit because uh, it's put in who it's going to be sent to and it's changed the subject to re-popular holiday destination. And now I can just write a message to myself.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> A-I-I, comma, enter, enter, T-H-A-N-K-S-H-O-F-O-T-T-T-E-R-T-E-O-O-I-F-O-O-O-Info-period.
3: So I just said, uh,
5: thanks for the info. There we go.
3: And I will then send the message once I finish typing. And to send a message is Alt-S. Alt-S, not Control-S, but Alt-S. Alt-S. And now that's sent.
0: So the message gets sent instantly, and uh, for those who are old enough, we spoke to Colin Kenny on the previous edition, and he was mentioning that he remembered dial-up and the internet. For those uh, uh, who are old enough to remember dial-up, including Colin, um, when you used to send emails on dial-up, they'd all go into your outbox until you were ready to connect yes um, now and the, it was almost like putting stuff into an out tray and at the end of the day going down to the post office with your with your out tray now everything goes immediately so email is really instant really the, really the, instant like the, the, yeah. the stuff is gone indeed we, we have a That's sort of a a running joke in here almost that Sharon and I sometimes have whole conversations on email and our offices are located (laughs) right next door to each other. It's very strange. It's
3: just handy if someone's on the phone, you know, it's just handy to to do that.
0: Okay, so we've uh, replied to an email. One of the things people sometimes need to do is to forward, to send an email they've received to somebody else. And there could be a whole range of reasons that you might want to do this.
3: Right.
5: Okay. game inbox dash trading to by dot dash Microsoft Outlook. List box Sharon Lions popular Olive Red Attachment. Sharon Lions new ideas. What slash zero eight slash twenty fifteen fourteen.
3: This one has an attachment, so maybe um we might want to forward the attachment on to somebody else. We'll maybe do attachments next time okay. playing with and saving attachments. Yeah. I think we've mentioned them before, actually, when we were talking about save as. We did
0: absolutely. So that would be yeah. good to tie that in. Yeah.
3: Um. Okay. So we want to just send this email with the attachment to somebody else, not back to the person, not to reply. So this time it's Control F. Now I don't actually have this email open at the moment, so I can still do Control F as long as I'm on the email.
5: Read. Attachment. Sharon Lyons.
3: As long as I'm on the email in the list, I can do control F.
5: Control F, F-W, colon new ideas, dash message, left parent, blank text, right parent, to edit, type of text, hitbox,
3: hitbox. And it says um, to edit. and they want me to type in uh, an email address that you want to forward it to. So um, Stuart, would you like this?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Feel free to send it.
5: Law or add. N-Z-B, N-Z-B, period,
3: I. It's a bit of a worry when I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> period. I.E. There we go. Okay. <laughs> that should work.
0: So you've typed in the email address. Sometimes as well, people might find with Outlook, uh, it hasn't happened on this machine, probably because this is the first time an email has come to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is this very handy feature called autocomplete. So if you send mails regularly to people, uh, they will just pop up. Uh, outlook is sort of smart enough to remember those things
3: yeah yeah that's really handy so you just have to t- type in the first few letters yeah yeah But uh, and you can just if you hear the email address that you want you can just press enter yeah or you can arrow down if there's a few choices Um but it, yeah this is the first time on this particular machine since um, since outlook was installed so now we will tab
5: E, tab, tab, subject, colon, edit, FW, colon, new ideas, type a text, alt plus you.
3: So I tab to subject, and it's put in the subject of the original message, new ideas, and it's put FW, colon, in front of it, which is for forward. So you'll know when you receive it, Stuart, that I forwarded it to you from someone somewhere else.
0: Okay.
5: Tab, attach, colon, edit, destination: dot, docs, left, parent, 33, KB, right.
3: That's the attachment. We'll leave that for now. And if I tab again. Tab, message, edit. I'm onto the message body, and at this point, I can put in a message to you, Stuart, to explain why I'm sending this to you. Okay. So um, sometimes people just put F Y I, something like that. F Y I.
0: And then you just know to look down, and there's obviously a reason why you're being sent it. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And you just uh, you just arrow down, and you get the picture soon enough. Um, so there's a copy of the original message below where I've just put in F Y I. And then we send it, which is Alt-S again.
5: For your information, Alt-S, inbox Dash to it by .e-microsoft-outlook, list box attachment.
3: Okay, so um, that's interesting. Uh, JAWS recognizes FYI. Yeah, <laughs> For your information.
0: The old uh, JAWS dictionary, I think we had a request for that a long time ago, so we might. i would be looking at that in the, the not-too-distant future.
3: And actually, um, Stuart, you mentioned about dial-up and that before, and, and that you used to have to do... You know, you used to have to do a send-receive mm. every time you went to send something to clear out your outbox. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that before, and uh, uh, we were talking about that in the computer clubs last week. And I said, oh, yes, you do uh, Control-M yeah. for that. Control-M will do a send-receive. Now, we don't need to do it because it's gone instant, like you said. But someone said that that was ancient.
0: Oh. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> So here's a new shortcut for everybody.
3: And they said no, F five.
0: Ah, the refresh. Okay.
3: So apparently control M was so last year.
0: (laughs) We're so so out of (laughs) touch on the technology podcast. So F5 will refresh. I suppose sometimes, and it very rarely happens anymore, but if for some reason you can't connect or you're getting an error from your provider, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe this happens if you're on a broadband connection or you're in Wi-Fi where the Wi-Fi is a bit sporadic, you may need to press that control and, or sorry, that F5, see, (laughs) to, uh, to refresh.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's no harm in doing it, but um, usually it's it's not really a problem. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I, just the, the only other one, Sharon, I was going to suggest to mention was, and mm-hmm. it's it's probably one that a lot of people use is the control and N when you want to create a new message from scratch. Oh, yes, so you're not yeah, replying, no, you're no. not forwarding, you're just creating a message.
3: Yeah. Okay. So we'll do control N starting from scratch.
0: Control N.
5: Untitled dash message left parent HTML right parent to edit. Type of text.
3: So, um, and again, it brings us to the two field first of all. Um, now, who shall I send it to?
0: What about, um, <laughs> our colleague Carol?
3: Carol. Dandy L. C A R O L.
0: Carol, period. D O Y L E. Doyle
5: Ash. You won't mind? N C B I.
3: That's reassuring. I know how to spell N C B I N. <laughs> I E I E. Okay. Now, I'll press tab to the next field, and I've jumped over this field in the previous uh, examples that we've done today.
5: E- dot 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 text.
3: There's a CC um, box, which stands for, as far as I'm aware, the CC actually stands for s- carbon copy, mm. um, harping back to the days when you had typewriters and you had a carbon um,
0: the, the, the sheet of paper. And, yeah, yeah to copy um, something. So
3: you could, do, you could type two copies or three copies at once. Um, so copies is is just that, carbon copy, it's who you want to also receive uh, this message. Now, um, I won't bother putting, you don't, you, usually you don't have to put anything in there, no. but it's, it is handy to kind of address a message to somebody um, but then have another person in the CC so they know that the, ad- the message isn't addressed to them. But just for them to be aware. Yeah. I think that's how we use it. We use it a lot here.
0: We use it a lot here, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, something is just important. You're sending something to someone, but you want someone else to know because it may also impact on them or they need to know something in that email.
3: Yeah. Oh, they need to be part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep them informed. So it is it's used a lot. Um, probably more in, in office email than than home email. So now I tab again.
5: Tab, subject, call and edit, hypertext, hold plus you.
3: Subject. Okay. Uh, now.
5: H e l l o.
3: Very popular subject line. <laughs> Hello. And then I tab again.
5: Hello. Tab edit.
3: And I'm in the message body when it said edit. So I can. H i. Hi. C
5: a r o l Carol enter. Enter. And
3: actually, I tend to, and I know you do as well, Stuart. But I tend to leave a blank line after the greeting line so I'd say hey hey Carol and I'd press enter twice Um, and that's just that's a visual thing actually that it just separates the part of the messages it's just like having paragraphs almost and just makes it a bit easier to read visually. Okay. So um, I don't know whether you were aware of that. You seem to be, Stuart, yeah, do that. I, I always
0: do it. I, do it I, anyway. Yeah, maybe I was kind yeah. of semi-conscious of it, yeah.
3: It does make a difference. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like it should, but it does. Yeah. It, just, uh, it just separates out the main parts of the message, so it's, it's just easier to, to read. I think maybe for low vision it might be better as well, because okay. um, it's maybe easier to focus on different parts of the message, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, courses for courses but um, and I'll just say um,
5: hi hi from from our our T O -O 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 D C A S T.
3: hi from our technology podcast podcast
5: period enter enter
3: and again I leave an extra blank line there Um,
5: C-H-E-E-R-S cheers comma enter S-A-R-O-N
3: so, Sharon. Yeah, that's me. Um, I tend to put cheers a lot on my emails. It's mm-hmm. um, just to say, yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> very nice, yeah.
3: Um, okay. Just a little bit less formal. Um, someone actually said to me the other day, I think we were talking about this, and they said, oh, no, no, not cheers. That sounds very unprofessional.
4: <laughs> no, I like <laughs> but, it.
3: you know, yeah. things are a lot more informal these days yeah. than um, in the working world, so uh, we don't worry too much about that. Now... How do we send it? Alt-S.
5: Alt-S. inbox trading to it by .e-microsoft.outlook.
0: So a really good introduction to email there. I I was just thinking as you were doing that, Sharon, that I'm sure there's a few people who are listening to this who may not have sent many emails before and certainly may not have contacted the technology podcast so mm. after today maybe somebody might like to send us an email technologypodcast.ncbi.ie if you haven't done so before and right. if you've been prompted to do so by this session send us an email and uh, we'd love to receive it
3: yes,
0: indeed. Um, we one will talk oh one more sorry one more
3: one more this is one you taught me
0: oh yes
3: control shift and i
5: Control Shift I Inbox Dash oh, to control, e, yeah, no control, yeah.
3: control Shift and I. See, I do it automatically now. I can then suddenly start questioning myself. <laughs> it's automatic keystrokes. Um, we'll bring you back to the Inbox. And that's very handy, Stuart. Thanks for
0: that one. It's a great great shortcut. Well, thank you for the one to create folders. I'll go back to that again. Control, (laughs) Shift, and N if you're in a Windows Explorer or File Explorer. Okay, Sharon, thanks as always. Um, We'll be back in October when we'll be talking about file attachments. Until then, Sharon, thank you. Thanks, Stuart. It's always nice to catch up with listeners to our technology podcast. In fact, it's, it's probably the thing I enjoy most about producing this podcast and interviews I do. It's lovely to do them on Skype. It's even nicer when they're in person. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Dominique Farrell. Dominique, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank very, you very much. I think you,
4: did you listen since day one, pretty much? Yes. Episode, episode, episode every, one? Epi- every single episode.
0: Oh my God, I'm, I'm seriously impressed. <laughs> Listen, it's great to have you. Thank thanks, you. And thanks for coming in to NCBI. No problem. To to. So I, I think just to put it into, give a bit of context, you sent me an email a while ago and actually it was a query about your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And we, we might put that out in a little while, see can you get some responses. But I suppose as we talked by email, we realized it'd be really interesting to talk to you for the podcast because you're a user of technology, but also I suppose your vision has changed over the years of using technology, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, I had a cataract extraction about seven years now uh, which enables me to have 20% vision in one eye but I still use uh, software JAWS um, and I use speech on my iPhone. So that 20%
0: Vision. If if we were to try to sort of quantify it, like um, we're sitting in a room here, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting uh, to Dominique's left. How, how much can you see within the room, for example? Can you see me sitting here? I can. To Okay. All right. So so you're, you 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 would you would have enough vision, for example, or, or or would you to use magnification if you'd chosen to do that?
4: I probably would, but because of um, my vision that I have, I don't want to destroy that, so I want to keep it so um I've actually tried out uh, zoom uh, the magnif- uh zoom on my iPhone and it enhances the uh, text so much that the whole screen is covered by say an app. It takes one app takes up the whole screen if you go back to your home screen.
0: You're not the first one to have said that, indeed, many uh, low vision people, I think, find Zoom a, a little bit strange. I think it is, it's very say. dazzling. Okay, all mm. right. So, so let's talk about your use of technology for a little while, because you use so much technology. And in case people hearing background noise is Dominique Skydog Opal, who's chilling out on, on the floor here in our, in our interview <laughs> room. Um, just talk to me a bit about where, where did you start with technology? What got you into it?
4: I actually started computers here. I um, I was here. I, I was a trainee twice in NCBI, okay. and I started with Jaws.
0: So you were using Jaws. I mean, when was that? How, how long ago did you?
4: I'd be using Jaws. I'd say about. Uh, twelve years now.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your kind of usage in the PC? Is it is it email, internet, that kind of stuff?
4: Email, internet. Yeah. Um. I did the um, I did the ECDL in Roslyn Park, and I did it here as well. And um, I I I found that very beneficial. But uh, basically, you just need the internet now and email. So um, I can use that proficiently now.
0: Are you a social media person? Do you do do Twitter or Facebook? No. no? Okay, Okay. so email and internet is is enough for you. Yeah. Mobile devices are a huge thing for everyone and and most of us uh, don't. I know for me, my phone goes everywhere with me. Um, What was the experience like for you using accessible mobile phones?
4: Well, I my f- the first mobile phone I ever got, I ever had was uh, the Ericsson with the antenna.
0: Oh god, you're going back a while yeah, I yeah. remember that, yeah.
4: And then I had the Nokia 3210 and my first talk phone was um the 6600.
0: So with things like the 3210, the Ericsson that you mentioned there, and, and you know, I suppose at that stage, texting was just starting for everyone. Did you, did you feel excluded from this? Because there was one point, wasn't there, if you were in a pub or something, most people would be texting while they're having conversations with you. And I, I know I personally, before we got accessible phones, felt very excluded. Did you feel, did you find that?
4: Well, y- you had no privacy because you had to have people to read out your text right, to you. Right, right. Uh, whereas when uh, talks came on stream, I thought I don't need a phone that talks to me. But I needed it for... But actually, when I got it, I thought it was great. And I enjoyed talks. Um, my last uh, talks phone was this uh nokia c5 okay and then i went for uh, last christmas i got the apple um apple for us, the iphone for us. sorry
0: now there's a transition coming mm-hmm. from buttons to touch screen yes. i've talked about it on this podcast before i found it extremely tough how did you find it
4: I actually did find it tough um people were texting me at Christmas, and I wasn't replying back to them for the simple reason I didn't know how to um It's very hard to go from um buttons phone to having no uh, keypad at all um I'm just swiping and double tapping but um I got there in the end. Perseverance is a good thing.
0: When you text people now or when you input information, are you just using the touch screen or do you use external devices?
4: Uh, no, I just use the touch screen.
0: And you're getting faster as you go along I suppose. I
4: am, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. There's, a, there's so many apps um, available nowadays for smartphones and those of us who use the iPhone have, a, have literally thousands of apps to choose from. Do you use anything in particular? Do you like any particular apps?
4: Uh, the app I use, I, I downloaded Mary Black's app. Um, I, I love the weather app for checking the weather every day. Um, I haven't used the Dublin Bus app yet, but I've downloaded it.
0: So there's a few, I suppose, yeah. regular apps. I, I know a lot of people, who certainly who I talk to, you know, we, we, we tend to have lots of apps on our phone. There's probably probably um, a handful that you that you use on a regular basis I, I know in my case there certainly is anyway
4: yeah well I've been I've gone into the um, app store on on the phone and I'm amazed at the amount of apps you can choose from but also the uh, price range uh, what you go from okay. and, and what they can go up to
0: tell me what you're what you're missing at the moment in technology or what you'd like to see what's, what's lacking out there do you think what needs to be developed what would make your life so much better
4: well with the iPhone I'd like the Irish voice to be better to be improved because it pronounces um, certain names uh, incorrectly um, I'd like the, the voice not to crash it off uh, if you're in a table index and you're searching for a name in in contacts sometimes it just wouldn't move
0: so now uh, this brings me on to the I suppose the reason you got in touch with me in the first place wasn't it you sent an email in Um, you've had a problem that, that I think I'm correct in saying no one's been able to solve for you to date
4: I did, I did, but actually, since I reported it to Apple and they replied back to me, it's never happened again because I've reset my phone. I've gone into reset and reset reset all settings, and then I've gone to reset my home screen back to the factory default settings.
0: Okay, let's let's share the problem anyway because people may have found the issue, and you might we might get an email into technology at ncbi.ie. Giving us a solution, Dominique, that may save you having to do that again. So, what what happened for you?
4: The problem was when I was in contacts, and I'd go into I'd go into the in, index, and you could swipe up or down, and it would give you A, B, C, etc. And then you'd go into the the name of the person. When I'd go into the index, it would make a, a sound, and it wouldn't move. So that was when I uh, reset my phone. Uh, but then, when I did a reset all settings, I have to go back to configuring the phone to the way I wanted and uh, change the the twenty four hour clock, and I have to do everything well, all over every again. Because every single
0: thing, when you reset your settings, not only not only do you, I suppose, yeah, have to have to change everything again. You have mm. talked about that. You lose all your data, don't you?
4: You don't actually. Uh, oh, you, so you didn't
0: erase the phone? You just reset the settings. Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh, no, everything stays the same. Your home screen stays the same. All the apps stay, and all your contacts. But what the one thing you do have to do is enter in your your um, landline uh, your your password for uh, your internet. Okay. And then your Apple ID. You have okay. to put that in again.
0: Okay. So. Obviously, having to reset all your settings is a huge thing. You you had to do this a few times when the speech crashed. Yeah. You sent an email into ourselves. You've contacted accessibility at apple.com. and you're you're just wondering has this happened to anybody else?
4: Yeah. Um. I and anybody that has has an iPhone have never encountered this, but I'm just wondering, um, is it the voiceover? Maybe I mightn't be. Um. Maybe there's a bug in the uh, in the software that um, hopefully it'll be updated in the next version. But with an iPhone 4S, which I have, I believe the um, the next upgrade, the iOS nine, will be the last one that the iOS are uh, sorry that the four can take.
0: Okay, so uh, grab iOS nine. By all accounts, it's going to be a lot more reliable. Mm. Um, Dominique, b- before we let you go. It's always interesting to ask people what what's the one piece of technology that if we took off you today or your life would be incomplete that never leaves you never leave the house without.
4: Well, I never thought I'd say, Stuart, but the iPhone. um I was very reluctant about getting an iPhone. I was dead against it. There was absolutely no way in the world that I wanted an iPhone. Um, I was very happy with my uh, Symbian phone. Um, So when I got my iPhone, I actually still have my C5 at home, but I never went back to it because um, I thought if I go back to the Symbian phone, the C5, I'll never get used to the iPhone. So I jumped right in and I've never looked back since.
0: iPhone's the one for you. Yep. Brilliant. Dominique, thanks so much, not only for coming in today and, and, for, and for taking the interview and for giving us some of your time and for sharing some of your technology experiences, but also for the ongoing feedback you frequently send emails in after listening to the podcast. And it's really lovely, I think, after all these episodes to have your voice on the podcast. So well, thanks a million.
4: I actually love the, um, I love the, the podcast. It's, it's great. I mean, it's more significance for me now because I have an iPhone um, beforehand I was listening to them all and it just it hadn't any uh, significance for me because of I didn't have an iPhone but now that I have I'm thoroughly finding a very beneficial I'm
0: glad to hear that thank listen you. I hope we're going to stay in touch and again thanks for coming in
4: thank you very much Stuart
0: Thanks very much to Dominique Farrell there. It was really nice to uh, sit down with Dominique and have that chat. And it's so nice when we can just talk to listeners about their experience with technology, because this is what we're really about on this podcast, getting experience of listeners, getting tips, getting ideas. And it's just interesting, isn't it, to hear the way in which people are using technology. And I suppose it's also nice to hear a little bit about the people behind the technology and and the listeners themselves. And that's what we're trying to do as well, put a bit of lifestyle behind this podcast. And indeed, it's something I'm going to build on uh, over the coming months. Now, it's been a a long podcast and we're nearly at the end. But before we do end, um, I I want to do something that I'd hope to introduce uh, on an, an occasional basis anyway. And this is tips. And if you have tips or if you have ideas for this little segment, you might like to send them in. This was prompted by an email email that came through Paul Trainer's VIP students list. And if you're not on that list, get in touch with paul.trainer at ncbi.ie and get yourself on it because it's really good. And it's really a, a, a support list, I suppose, email list where people can ask questions and you get answers not just from Paul, but from Other um, users of that list. And I saw an email from somebody last week, and I suppose it struck a chord with me because I had the very same problem a couple of months ago. And uh, there was some discussion about it on the email list. And I thought I would demonstrate to you how I have solved the problem. I was never too much into photos, I have to say, even when I got my iPhone up to about a year ago when um, I became godfather to the daughter of a friend of mine. And I'm dying to show everybody photographs of her. And also my sister has two kids. And I love to be able to show people the photographs rather than to sort of hand somebody my phone and say, there's some photographs there, have a look. I like to be able to label them and at least know what I'm showing people or even if I'm emailing the photograph to know what photo I'm emailing. Well, um, last year, I think it was last year anyway, I discovered a really nice little trick. I think it was somebody uh, told me about this little trick, actually, which allows you with voiceover to label images on your phone. Now, I should say this is a voiceover specific uh, feature. So the photographs in this case are not labelled. So when you email them, they won't have labels on them. But it's a very nice way for you as a voiceover screen reader user to be able to find the photos that you want to either show people or maybe put on a on a projector or or just email. I mean, there's so many uses for this. So I thought I'd very quickly demonstrate how I do it. I have a photo on this phone of my goddaughter and I'm going to try to find it and put a label on it. So I'm going to unlock my phone. Five o'clock p.m. Let's unlock here. Photos. Collect. Now this photo, photo was taken on portrait. the 9th of August. August 9th. There we go. Five twelve p.m. I know there's a whole Crisp. rake Well-lit. of photos here that were taken on the August the 9th. So Fo- photo portrait August ninth five twelve p.m. That's the one. I'm going to double tap and hold with two fingers. So here we go. Alert. Text field is editing. Label. Insertion
5: point at start. It wants to know the label.
0: The label element. What do I want to put on this label? So I'm just going to say Stuart. W. S. T. U. A. R. T. V. Space. Stuart. W. A. N. D. Space. N. And Steph is her name. X. S. T. E. P. Y. G. H. Okay. That's my label. Save. Button. not a very descriptive label but anyway just for the purposes of this i'll save it save collections and Bat let's button. have a look photo, photo. for the photo. portrait august 9 photo photo Vo-
5: photo 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 portrait august 9 now i'm 5, flicking 12. through these photo photo pho- photo 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 share august share photo fo- photo fo- photo fo- photo fo- photo fo- photo photo i know it's here somewhere photo 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 stuart photo stuart and staff photo portrait Portugal.
0: There we go. So I've found the label. Unfortunately, I have a whole load of unlabeled photos um, on my uh, camera at the moment, but at least I have found that photo and I would now be able to select it or email it or hand it to somebody on the phone and show it to them. Really nice tip and I hope it will be of use to others. And that really is just about it. It's been a, a longer than usual podcast. September seems to have been a busy month but uh, anyway, I do hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to all our contributors this month. Uh, Niall Gallagher, Sharon Lyons, Paul Trainer, and of course Dominique Farrell. Join us in October when amongst other things Martin Lawler is here with the Smart Vision mobile phone and Kerry Doyle, Dave Nason, Salim Ram. And Rich Cavallero will be with me to talk about all that's new in iOS 9. Until then, this is Stuart Lawler saying take care, goodbye, and have a good month.